B'Shem Hashem Naseh V'Nasniach. We are now on Daf Chaf Dalit Amud Aleph on the top of the page. And we're discussing what to do with Tifilin when you want to watch them. Uh, we had said before that uh, how could you put your tefillin on your bed? It's not proper. They said, well, since it's that, since we said before that since you're watching it, as long as it's the best place to watch it, it's okay. Now we're on the top of the page. Now we, we're discussing uh, where exactly under your under your bed could you put your tefillin when you're sleeping? Okay. Says the Gemara, "Vehechi manachlohu." Top line, where can you leave it? Says the Gemara, "Amar biyemia ben kard lekeset." In between your mattress and the pillow, but shelok keneged rosho. That's only if it's not opposite your head. This is opinion number one. There are going to be five opinions over here that I mentioned. Opinion number one is biyemia ben kard lekeset shelok keneged rosho. It says It says you have to put it in a pouch under your head. It sounds like it's directly under your head. It says well, no. That means that the actually part with the tefillin is is not under your head, but the the pouch is under your head. So the pouch is long, okay. And the pouch part, the, 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 the felt part of the pouch <coughs> could be under your head, but the actual tefillin are not going to be under your head. So that's how we're getting out of the problem. Okay? Bar kapara, tsayele bechiluta. Bar kapara used to have a bed that was like a canopy bed. I don't know if you've ever seen these type of beds that have like material around it, like as, as if it's like a closed off uh, mechitza. So bar kapara would um, wrap the tefillin in the curtain, and he would stick the part that comes out outside the bed. So, in other words, it was wrapped in the curtain, and the titur, the part that sticks out, was to the back of the bed, outside the bed, not in the bed. Not hanging over the bed, but rather hanging back the other way. That's Bar So far we have three opinions. We have Rav Yirmiya, we have Rav Chia, which we... we Put together with Rav and we have Bar Kapara. Rav Shisha braided Rav Idi manachle asharshifa. He would put him asharshifa on a stool. Uparus sudra alavayu, and he would spread a little handkerchief over it so it's not visible uh, when he's together with his wife. Amar Rav Hamnuna braided Rav Yosef. Now this is a uh, this I, I think. Uh, People who are in yesterday's class, or whatever, Motei Shabbat class, uh, who asked questions about privacy, might have questions about this as well. Amar Av Hamnuna, Bereide Rav Yosef. Zimna Chada, one time, Hava Kamina Kameh Rava. I was sitting in front of, standing in front of Rava. Va'amar Li, and he told me, Zil Aiti Li Tiflin, go get my Tiflin. Va'ashkachtinu, and I found it, Ben Karla Keset, in between the mattress and the pillow. Shiloka Neged not opposite his head. Vahaviyadana and I knew the Yom Hava that it was the day that his wife went to the mikvah. And therefore I know that his wife was with him. Now, how he knew that was a question that we dealt with last time. It seems like things weren't as uh as private in the olden days as they are now. Now, why did he do this? 
The reason why he specifically sent me is because he wanted to teach me how to leave it there. And therefore, he specifically sent me on a day when he, when I knew that he, his wife had gone to the mikveh, in order that I should know that even though his wife went to the mikveh, that's where he left it, with his tefillin, between matches and the pillow, not opposite the head. Okay? If it would have been on his dresser, then we would have known <coughs> that he wasn't with his wife? Means you only put it there when you're with your wife? Is that no, despite having been with his wife. Don't, Don't think that the fact that he was with his wife would make him put it somewhere else. No. Even though I'm with a wife, you should just so, know. That. So when he sent the, his student in, it could be he wasn't with his wife. He sent his st- student in on a day when he knew that his, like the, the student knew that he was together with his wife. It seems like the beds were a certain way. How else would you know? How did he know he was together with his wife? That's what I'm saying. Only oh, he, he knew his wife went to the mikvah. If you knew, if you put it underneath, then you know that. No, no, no. He knew it separately. He knew it he separately. Nothing to do with, nothing to do with this. Okay. He knew it separately. As a separate thing, and therefore he's doing it. Now, how do you do something? In my second Nida, there's a few different ways that people know. Uh, people know they, they, they could be that she was wearing <coughs> Nida clothes and then she switched into Nida clothes to regular clothes. There's a few okay. different ways that people could know. Right? The people were sauteed the, the night of Tevila, but the next day it's hard to be sauteed. She's wearing Nida clothes one day and the next day she's not. Right. Okay. Nowadays, we don't wear Nida clothes, but in the olden days, that was understood. Why okay. Was, why wasn't wearing I'm sorry? Why wasn't wearing he was going to sleep. You don't wear sleep tefillin at night. You don't wear tefillin at night. Only during the day. No, but during the daytime. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I don't know why he didn't wear them. Maybe, maybe he specifically didn't wear them only to uh, teach teach the lesson. Okay. Bayiminer of Yosef bereder of Nachonya bar Bihuda. Of Yosef son of Nachonya Yosef Bihuda. Shnayim sheishni mimita achat. Mau shezeyachzir panav viikra kriat shema. Can he turn his face away from the other one? Assuming the people sleep without clothes. Understand, first of all, in the olden days, pajamas was a non-item. Everyone slept without clothes. And the people, if you're in a tight bed, it's very likely that your flesh might be touching another person's flesh. So we're asking a question. If your flesh is touching another person's flesh and you're not wearing clothes, can you say kirat shema? Can you turn your face away from your friend and say shema? They both turn their face away and say Shema. Is that allowed or not? Amalei told him, Hachi Amar Shmuel, this is what Shmuel said, Even if it's your wife, it's still allowed. Not only a regular guy, even your wife, you're allowed to turn your face away. Matki Flat of Yosef, Yosef doesn't like this. And Yosef says, What are you talking about? Ishto Vlomi Bayachet, when we said, Ishto, once you say Ishto, you don't need anyone else. Adraba, Ishto kigufo, acher lav kigufo. Therefore, he wants to say it's only allowed with your wife, but when you're with somebody else, it's asur. Dafka. Yes, if you're touching, they're not gonna, he's not going to let. So, so you don't need to turn around and say it. You have to turn around. Hold on. So they let you turn they're only letting it. turning around. According to Shmuel, okay, According to Shmuel, we're only allowing turning around. We're allowing turning around. Afilu oh. Ishto sounds like even with his wife. Shmuel says even exactly. He's disagreeing on the even. The machloket is about the even. Shmuel holds that if you could do it with somebody else, it's only your, your wife. No, I'm sorry. So other way, other way around. Sorry. Shmuel says that if you could do it with, then you could do it with anybody. 
even your wife, right? Even your not only everyone else, even your wife, which means that you have more here for your wife. Because Shmuel's figuring, yeah, guys having relations with his wife, and when he's touching his wife without clothes, it might start him off. So therefore, Afilu is even on your wife. And the other guy is saying, no, your wife is nothing. You're saying your wife is like your body, and your wife is like your body. Therefore, only your wife and nobody else. Got it? That's Rabbi Yosef. No, you don't have it. Right. Oh, it sounds like it's three machlokes, three, three different places. One guy says, just your wife. Just when you with your friend, two guys in the bed. Who's your three rabbis? That's my first guy. Tanakam, I guess. The, the first case. Which before, rabbi? Before Shmuel, what was the case? The case was two guys in the bed. It was a question. Okay. Then he said, was, the, the wife. No one had an opinion. Oh, no one had an opinion. No one had an opinion. It was just, so, there's only two opinions. And the last opinion is saying, not even two guys? He's only letting your wife. wife. Only your wife. Your wife and not anybody else. Nobody else. She's like Gufo. They were trying to do it as a child of a home marriage. So you have more, more, more guys going to get more... With but, two guys in the bed. Since when are you allowed to make correct. a child with... The, now, what? Are you allowed to say Hashem's name? We're not talking about... Okay, now again, again the, the Mepharshim explained that we're not worried with Meshkav Zachor. We're not worried about... Men are not worried about... Jews are not suspect. Not, not even that. Automatically the person's that. not dressed. You shouldn't say Hashem's name, No. Yeah, but if you're, not, if you're not looking at your advice, it could be okay. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that's going to be on the next page. We'll see you in a second. Um, just stick with us. We're not talking about Mishkav um, Zachur. We're not worried about that. But when flesh touches flesh, there sometimes could be some kind of uh, here who are, we, we, despite the fact that you're not, uh, that you're, a person is, is, uh, stays away from Mishkav Zachur. Okay. Says the Gemara, we're going to challenge Shmuel by saying the following. Here's the says the Brayta. Shnayim sheishnim b'mita achat. Two people are sleeping in one bed. Zemachsir panav kore. Vezemachsir panav kore. V'tani achriti. We have another thing that says Hayoshem b'mita. You're sleeping in a bed. Ubanav ubne beto b'sido. And your sons and those of your house are with at your side. Hareze lo yikre kriyat shema. Don't read kriyat shema. Elam kein ita talit mefseket. Unless you have a Blanket or something in between you. But if they're kids, then it's mutar. Okay? So the two ways it could be mutar is if you have either a cloak or if they're kids. Says the Gemara. According to Rav Yosef, we're cool. Why is everything okay? The two bright thoughts which seem to be contradicting each other. One says it's okay, and one says it's only okay if they're kids or a, or, or, or a blanket. One's talking about his wife. That's when it's always okay. And the one that's not okay will be, will be other people. That'll be cool, according to Rabbi Yosef. Right? Anybody. We're going to Shmuel who says they're both okay. How are you going to explain this other Braita? He's going to be in trouble. So we're using this Braita to knock Shmuel. So it says the Gemara, Shmuel. If had Shmuel been here, you know what he would answer you? You think it's good according to Yosef? It ain't good according to me, but guess what? It ain't good according to Yosef either. Why? Vatanya, didn't we learn in the Braita? Hayaroshen bimita, ubanav ubne beto bimita. It says the people of your house are the mita. Who are the people of your house? Kids. Who is that? That's your wife. We're assuming that bne beto is your wife. Your wife is called your house. So therefore, 
you also have a problem with this brighter. Because this brighter sounds like your wife is not okay. So what are you going to answer me? Wife not okay. Oh, must be Tanaihi. So what are you going to answer me? Ishto le Rav Yosef Tanai. Oh yeah, Ishto. Rav Yosef is going to answer that's a Tanai. So me too. The dynamic Tanai. I also hold it to Machlokat Tanaim. Same way you're going to say, oh, you have a right there must be Machlokat Tanaim. I'll say it's a right there Machlokat Tanaim. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Don't think that you're any better than me. We're both the same. Had Shmuel been here, he would have told you that answer. Okay. Now, the Gemara making this up on Shmuel's behalf. Yes, that's the Gemara does this all the time. When Shmuel, on when Shmuel is not alive. It's the Gemara's job to defend Shmuel. Because Shmuel's not here. You, you can't defend yourself from the grave. Okay. Amar Mor. The rabbi said, now, whenever you see Amar Mor, we're quoting a bright that we said before. Says the Gemara. Amar Mor, you said before. This guy turns his face away and he says, Kriyat Shema. Ask the Gemara. What about a person's rear end? Now, I don't know exactly what the problem is. The problem is touching. We're assuming that even if you, we're assuming you're in a tight bed, and therefore there's not much room to move. If there's move, room to move away, move away. But assuming it's a tight bed, there's no room to move away. We don't have any, uh, pajamas haven't been invented yet. And now, you, you, we're assuming the, the two rear ends are touching, and the two rear ends are touching, very nice. Very nice that you're not looking, and you're looking at the wall, and he's looking at the wall. But, so that gets out of the problem of what you're seeing, but the actual touching of erva and erva. How could you say kriyat shema like that? Why can't we just say tell the guy to get up and say yeah. shema? Why does he have to do it like now? You, if you want to be strict, Isaac, you could do that. But we want to be lenient. We don't want to make the guy get out of bed. Hazit without clothes, he's going to get dressed, get out of bed. Hazita, let the guy stay in bed. If we have a head, we'll give it to him. If we don't, we're going to make him do exactly what you said. Yeah, right. This writer, this supports Rav Huna, the famous Rav Huna statement. Who's Rav Huna tell? I'll tell you. Dama Rav Huna, because Rav Huna says, Agavot is not Erva. Erva is only the front. The rear, according to Rav Huna, Erva is only the front. The rear end is just flesh. It's not a problem. And therefore, the touching is not a problem in the rear ends. Okay. Says the Gemara, Lema Let's bring another proof to Abhuna from a Mishnah, even better than a Brisa. <laughs> I'll give you a Mishnah. A Mishnah in the subject of Chala. Haisha Yoshevet Chalata. If a woman is sitting without clothes by herself, assuming, and she wants to separate Chala, she could do it Aruma, even though she's without clothes. She's allowed to take Chala and make a Beracha while she's sitting on the floor. Because a woman's uh, private parts are totally on the bottom of her, and when she sits, it's being covered by ground, and therefore a woman can make it, but not a man. But a man can't, because since a man has uh, the man's, the way the situation of a man's private parts is in a place where it protrudes when he's sitting on the ground, and even when he's sitting on the ground, it's not covered. The way a woman sits, when a woman sits on the ground, it's completely covered by the ground. When a man sits on the ground, it's, completely, it's not covered, and therefore he cannot separate chala. So you see that a woman could do it. But now the woman, we have a question. The woman, even the woman, how she let her make a bracha? Agavea, what about her rear end? I understand that, that her regular erva is covered by the ground, but the rear end is not covered by the ground. How would that work? So you see from the Mishnah, a proof to the statement of Rav Huna that, that a person's agavot are not erva. 
answers the Gemara, is saying, listen, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's not necessarily proof. Why? Because we're talking about back, talking about a time where her entire lower body was included in the ground. The Mepharshim explained, if she's sitting on sand, which is like kind of comes up a little bit, it's like a soft <coughs> karka, and it comes up, so then it could be talking about a case where the sand came up on the back also, and the entire back was also covered up. And if so, it's not necessarily, you can't bring a proof necessarily to Rav Huna's thing from this, right? Not, not, not a proof against him, just not a proof for him. Okay? Again, so again, the, the rule of Rav Huna is, agavot are not eva, and we, we have a proof from the writer, but the Mishnah, mm, not necessarily. Good? Okay, let's go further. Says the Gemara, Amar Mor, we mentioned before, Im hayu ketanim, if they were little kids, then it's mutat seishema, even with them. By the way, so how, how old are they considered kids? Machloket. Amar Avchasta, Tinoket, a girl, up to three years and a day. Tinok, a boy, up to nine years old. That is the first opinion. Others say, up to 11, much, much more. Up to 12. But even both of them, the 11 and the 12, until they become mature physically, which means that they, until they're old enough, meaning even if the younger than 12, if the girl is 11 and she's already reaching puberty and her uh, things are growing, that, or hair growing, pu- uh, pubic hair or other things growing, that would preclude being 11. Even though he's 12, if he has pubic hair, it's a problem. Even though she's 11, if she's g- getting developing, it's, it's, it's a problem. Thank you. Okay. Amalei of Kahana, the Rav Ashi. Ha- Rav Kahana told Rav Ashi the following thing. If you remember on the last Gemara, we ended off with a very, very tough statement. We said that even though there was a brisa against Shmuel, the like Shmuel. So the Gemara is asking now, uh, well, can we say that again? In this machlok between Shmuel and Rav Yosef, where Shmuel is allowing both, and Rav Yosef is only allowing a wife, can we say also here that the halacha is like Shmuel? I don't know why you would. I don't understand this so much. Exactly why you would think that the Gemara is going to answer that. What chaychas? What connection? <laughs> we'll see in a second. I'm not sure what the havmin was. Says Gemara. Aval gav that you've to the Shmuel. Hechet to kavatet the Shmuel. Hachamai. What's the law? Same thing here. Amalei. So Rashi told him back. Atu kulu b'chada machta machatinu. You're gonna cut. You're gonna weave everything with the same uh, thing. You think all they're all the same? Wherever you learned halachas like Shmuel, we follow Shmuel. Hechad lo itmar lo itmar. But we never know. You don't know what, what, what connection. I don't know what the what the Avinu was. Amale Rav Mari the Rav Papa. New thing. Saar Yosef Bigdomahu. Is it considered erva? You mentioned hair. If a person is covered, but there's a hole in the covering and pubic hair is coming out, do we consider pubic hair also an erva? That you can't say kirachema opposite the pubic hair. Says the Gemara. 
Kari Aleh, he said, Ramari answers, says, Kari Aleh, Se'ar, Se'ar. Hair. Ah, hair's hair. Which means, which means it's not. Not a problem. Okay? Okay. Amar of Yitzchak, Ravitzchak said, Tefach Isha Erva. One tefach of skin that's uncovered by a woman is considered erva. Once you have one tefach of skin that's supposed to be covered, that's an erva, and you can't say shema next to it. If we're talking about shufing, right, then Okay. In order to understand this, you need to understand the following pasuk. This is a pasuk that talks about uh, different types of jewelry that the Jews captured from the Midianim. And when they captured Midianim, they captured the following tzimid, bracelets, tabat, agil, and a kumaz. Now, kumaz, Chazal tell us, Stand, is a nutrukin for kan makom zima. Here is the place of relations. It seems like in the olden days, they, they, Rashi explains that the same way you have piercings nowadays, they used to have a piercing on private parts, and they would put a gold ring through the private parts in order to avoid a lady ever having relations, Right? So in order to keep uh, <coughs> some kind of chastity belt of, of sorts, okay? And that was called the kumaz, okay? And the pasuk mentions a kumaz right next to a bracelet. So the Gemara is asking, Why do they mention a bracelet next to kumaz? Says the Gemara, Lo to teach you, if you look, if a person looks at a married woman, let's say, and he's looking, because she's a pretty woman, he's looking to have benefit from it. And he's shufing even the parts, that's a bracelet which is revealed, but if you're looking at it because you want to shuf how beautiful she is, that is as bad as looking at a kumas. So that's why we put them both together, right? Just in this so, right. So therefore we're asking, so we're saying, if it's, back to the original question, why do we mention What's the point? If it's for shufing, you can't shuf anything, even the bracelet. So says the Gemara. It must be we're talking about your wife, or you're allowed to look. So therefore, what is it? The Kiryat Shema. Talking about Kiryat Shema. And we're telling you that if there's less than a Tefah, okay, you can say Kiryat Shema. But once it's a Tefah, that's it. You can't say Kiryat Shema. Okay? Unless you turn away from your wife. Good. Amar of Chasta. Rav Chasta says, Shok the thigh of a woman is called erva. As it says, expose the thigh and cross the river. If the shok is a thigh or, or a... Um, no, no, it doesn't go that far. It goes further down, or below the knee. Below or above the knee. Okay. It also says, She'll reveal the nakedness and she'll see so you see that shock is a cherpa to have it seen. Amash Shmuel also says another statement. The woman, the voice of a woman singing is called an erva also. 
Kikolech Arech Arev Umarech Neve, a Pasuk and Shirashim, which says that your voice is sweet, and the fact that we, we're praising the voice as being sweet shows that it's Erva. Amrav Shashat, Se'ar Be'ish Erva. The hair of a woman is also an Erva, not just a call, even the Se'ar. Shine'emar, Se'arech Ke'eder Aizim. It says that your hair is like a flock of goats, and that's Masuk and Shirashim also implying. That hair is an erva. All these things are things that you cannot say kirat shema facing these items. How it works with kol is a machloket. There's a lot of I'm talking about kol. Whether you could say it with a woman singing, does it apply? Does it also apply to um, also apply to tape recorders? Only live singing. Only if you know the woman. There's all sorts of stuff going on there. Is it even this? A lot of stuff. Even nah. hair? What about hair? If the is a woman with uncovered hair. What woman uncovered hair, married woman. Mm-hmm. Rabbis have problems when they go to weddings. Yes. According to Rabbi, according to Shimuel, the, the guy's in his bed with his wife. He flips over to the side. He's able to say the Kriyat Shema. Yeah. He's not looking at her. Not seeing her. So is it, is it, a, is it being in the room with them? Or is it seeing her? Looking at them. Okay. 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 Oh, back to Tefillin. I once saw Rebbe, and he hung his Tefillin from a peg on the wall. Oh, Rebbe, this is Rebbe Yudanasi. Metivi, how can it be? Doesn't it say, If you hang up your Tefillin, they're going to hold your life, they're going to hang your life. Doesn't sound so good. I don't know what it means, hanging your life, but it doesn't sound so good. Torshech, Amurot, Amru, those who explain. The deep, the deep meanings would explain Hashem will hang your 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 life in front of you, the Pasuk says. Right? This is a guy who hangs the Philin. Rebbe did it? How can it be? Lokasha. Rebbe hung it by the box. These guys who get the uh, the punishment, they're hanging it by the knot. Right? You know, it's ayyipe to have your tefillin hanging off like this. But if you put it, tefillin up, and straps hanging, that's okay. Okay? That's answer number one. Ibayit ema, lo shna kisya asur. Either way you hang it, it's asur. V'chi tala rabbi, b'kistau tala. He hang it in the, in the, in the, in the sack, in the koracha. Okay. Moses says, iachi, ma'ilam emra. Who needs your chanina to tell you you can hang it in the sack? Of course you can hang it in the sack. If, if it's the first answer and we're telling you a chidush, or chanina came to tell me, that you guess what? It's okay to hang it by the box. Okay, that's a chidush. But uh, who needs someone to come tell me that it's okay to hang it in the kuracha? What else is, what else are we going to do? Answer the Gemara, no. You might think you can't hang it at all. Maybe it's like a sefetorah. You don't have to. Okay. We are now on the Five lines in the bottom of Chavdal Amunalf. Says the Gemara, for those who are following us. Uh, last line, Amar Abchanina. Oh, I see what I see. No, we're up to the last line. Oh, yeah, yeah. The two dots. Yeah, last line alone. Amar Abchanina. Ani ra'iti ed Rebbe, Now, all these things, if you look at Rashi, you'll see what they are. Now, I'm not sure if everything they say in the, I'm look at the art school over here. They're calling here. Pihek, gihek, they're calling burping. Pihek is a yawn. 
Nitatesh is a sneeze, Virak, and he spit. I saw Rebbe do all these four things during the Amidah. Okay? Rashi says, Pihak is, you, you open your mouth to let out air. Like a guy who wakes up from sleep. So that's yawning, clearly, right? Pihek, they said yawning? Yes, good. Now, Gihek, they say something comes out and it smells like what you ate. That sounds like burping, burping. right? (laughs) Okay. And Itatesh is sneezing, but there's two types of sneezing. It could be sneezing or passing gas, depending if it's from the top or the bottom. And Rock is definitely spinning, no question about that. And he moved... He, he moved his hand to take off a, 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 a lice that was biting him. So he used his, his garment to move a louse on him. Aval, lo haya mit'atef, but he would not wrap his talet, which means that if his talet fell off while he was praying Amidah, he wouldn't pick it up. He would leave it on the floor. Okay? So even though he would do one, two, three, four, talet on the floor, I'm sorry, I'm not interrupting, I'm, pr- I'm praying now. Okay? Good, let's see. And when he would yawn, he would put his hand on his chin, which means cover your mouth. Good. May TV ask a question. It says the following things. A guy who talks loudly during tefillah, he has very little emunah, because it sounds like he thinks that Hashem can't hear him unless he talks loud. If you raise your voice loud in tefillah, you're like, you're like a false navi. If you're yelling, you're like a false navi. Rashi says, why are you a false navi? Because it says by Eliyahu Navi, that you were yelling and screaming. So you see, you're like a false navi. So if you're just talking audibly, then you're, uh, you have little emunah. If you're talking loud, you're an avi sheker. Okay? If you're megahek or mefahek, but if you're, you're, you're burping or yawning, right? That means that you have a lot of haughtiness. You're very, very full of gava. And if you uh, sneeze, Siman Ra'lo. It's a bad sign for you. Vyesh Omrim. And some say, Nikar Shuhumukhuar. It's clear that you are disgusting. Okay. Harak Batifila, if you spit in Tifila, Kiu Rakmafnayamelch is like spitting in front of the king. So we have all these are questions on, on Rebbe. Because the rabbi is saying that he saw Rebbe do all these things. I can understand all of them, but not the Stephen. Passing Gazi, that might be. Huh? Well, we're going to see. Hold on. Sneezing, you're sneezing. Why, why so, says the Gemara, I understand if you want to talk about burping and yawning. Look, Asha, it's not a question. So we're answering. When it comes to burping and yawning, it depends when you're doing it. If you burp on purpose, when I was a kid, there were kids in my class who knew how to do this. I could never figure it out. But there's some guys who, you just ask him, boom, they're burping. Me, I could only burp when I needed to burp. But these kids, I don't know. I never figured out how to do it. I got to go back to third grade to figure out how these guys used to do it. But Gamar is answering 
that when the Gemara says that it's a, that, that it's a bad sign or, the, or, or, or you're, you're discussing that's when you do it on purpose. And Rebbe did it when it came uh, involuntarily. So that's good for those things. What about sneezing? Sneezing, right, is involuntary. You don't have control. Now, I had a problem with that because I've seen people control sneezes. Uh, I was pointed out. I wanted to claim that maybe it's a hiccup. Because the hiccup you really can't control. Sometimes right? you can't hold it. Sneezing is very difficult. Sneeze. There are guys who there are guys who do it all. I've seen guys do it. They're, They're about to sneeze and they do something and they, they stop it. I don't know what they do. You can't stop it, but it's not, uh, not it doesn't, easy. It's not comfortable when you stop it's it. not comfortable. It's not easy. And okay, but it's... it. The Gemara... Oh, the Gemara... Answer the Gemara. Answer the Gemara. Sneezing on sneezing is not a question. Kan milamata, kan milamala. When it says, so it seems like there's two types of sneezing. When we said it's a bad sign, that's from the bottom. When we said it's okay, that's from the top. Okay? It's also involuntary sometimes. Ah, yeah. What? From the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. No, 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 because the halakha is... No, 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 the halakha is anyway that a person really... There's many people who, if you're not, if you, if you're not a Jewish person who, uh, who has to get used to praying and you can't do it while you're praying or tefillin on, so then you think it's impossible. Right. But it's not true because uh, guy's on a date, he's able to pull it off, no problem. He gets off, no problem without without, without passing gas. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's praying, you can't figure out how to do it. Let's see. Says the Gemara. This thing, uh, I, I, I found out by Nuna. It's as important as all the things I learned. If you sneeze during praying, just like you enjoy sneezing in this world, when a guy gets a good sneeze, he mm-hmm. feels cleaned. That's what does it. That's what gives you a beautiful feeling on Shemayim. They're also happy with you, so you see it's very good. That's what the Rabbi, when I was talking to Rabbi Eskava, he I, I told him I thought about hiccups. He says I like what you're saying. It is much more uncontrollable, but it doesn't fit with the rest of the Gemara, which says that you feel good. No one feels good after a hiccup, and you do feel good after a sneeze. So but it's more like sneeze was like something bad back in the day. That was way Abraham Avinu's time. That's oh. a long time ago. Okay, that's going to Midrash. Okay, let's get back to our Gemara, guys. We got to get moving. But where, where, where are we holding here? No, 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 I'm not bad. Okay, good. Says Gemara. Rak arak nami lokasha. What about spitting? Because we said that Rav spit. Rebbe spit, and then all of a sudden spitting is like spitting in front of the king. Right? If shark can be Uda, maybe it's like Uda. Now maybe Uda. If you have a lot of saliva and you have to spit while you're praying, you should put it into your, tel- into your cloak. If you have a fine cloak, which you don't want to get ruined, you put it into your turban. So it sounds like, who told you Rebbe did it onto the ground? Maybe he spit into a handkerchief or some other type of things that people used to spit into in the olden days. Okay. Ravina Havikai Achoreder of Ashe. Ravina was behind of Ashi. This Damen Lorok. Pakti Lachore. He spit it behind him. Amaleh. 
you put it in your turban. So why did you spit out in the back? He says, I am very, very sensitive and I get very icky if it goes in my turban and therefore I am allowed to spit out. So you see that if a person is in such a situation, you're allowed to spit out. Nowadays, people are less, are, are more nervous about it. They need a tissue. In the olden days, you used to have a spittoon in shul. Everyone used to have a spittoon in shul. People used to spit in the spittoon. It was a special thing made to spit into. Nowadays, if you had that in the shul, people wouldn't come to shul. That's that. <laughs> so now, I think we're, we're, we're the other way. We, we went full circle. Rav Ashi used to spit into a cloth. Sorry. The first rabbi, Rav Yehuda, used to spit into the cloth. Rav Ashi says, listen, I'm too... Nowadays, the other way, we went back to the old days. Okay. Now, we said before, if you allow your voice to be audible, you're This is only during the Amidah, no? Correct. This is only if you're able to concentrate when you're being quiet. If you can't have concentration quietly, you're allowed to talk audibly. Many people don't know the salachat, salachat, lemaaseh. And sometimes you need it to get out of it. Very often we could be praying and we don't even know where we're, where we're holding. Hey, let's go. What are you up to? Oh, you stopped me. If you, you stopped me in the middle, I can't remember where I'm up to. <laughs> Why not? You have no idea what you're thinking about. You're not even thinking about anything. And if talking out loud could get you out of it, help you, then you're supposed to. But you have to see the following disclaimer. This is only when you're alone. So if you're praying, you could pray audibly, if it helps your concentration. If you're in public, you're going to cause other people a problem. That's Asur. Okay. Says the Gemara. Rav Abba was avoiding Rav Yehuda. Because he wanted to go to Israel. Because Yehuda says, He knew that Rabbi Huda holds that anyone who goes from Bebevel to Israel, you're It says you can be brought to Bavel and you're going to stay there until Hashem takes you out. So Rabbi Huda held that any Jew who leaves Bavel to go to Yerushalayim is over on Mitzvat Aser. So Rabbi Abba was avoiding meeting Rabbi Huda because he didn't want to see him. Amar, but he said, I'm going to go hear something, what he says, from outside. And then I'll go to Israel. He walked in, he saw the Tana saying in front of Huda, like we said many times in this class, a Tana is not an actual Tana, it's an Amura whose job it is to repeat right Okay? He says, If a guy was standing tefillah, and he has gas, he should wait until the odor passes. Right? And you go back and pray. Some say, Some say, if you're praying tefillah and you want it to pass gas, what do you do? He should back up for Amot. 
pass the gas. Wait till the gas passes. Go back to pray. And then what does he say? You create us with openings and you know how humiliated we are in our lives. When we die, we're waiting for worms and maggots to eat eat our bodies. And you continue. This is Amidah also? Right. Now, when he heard this, Rabbi Abba heard this and he said, if I would have only came to hear this, it's enough. Now, the halacha in Shulchan Aruch actually says that you're supposed to do this. Say the actual thing. You're supposed to move back four steps. The Trumat Adeshin asked a question. Trumat Adeshin was 400 years ago, 500 years ago. He asks, he says, how come nobody does this nowadays? And he says, because since we pray Bitsibur, it would be embarrassing to move four steps back. And therefore, we don't do it because of that. And the Ramah brings down this Trumat Adeshin. But it sounds like if you be Yahid, you really have to do this. Person bring biachid and he can't hold it in, then he should really have to back four steps and wait till it passes. Okay, Tanu Rabbanan. We are now on the last line before the widest lines. Tanu Rabbanan on Daf Chavdal Amur Bet. Hayay Hashem betalito. A guy sleeping is in his talit, right? Ve'enu yachol lahotzi et roshom b'neatzina. He can't stick out his head because of the cold, but he's not wearing any clothes. What should he do? He should cover with his head, use his talit to cover in between his head and his private parts. Okay? Now, of course, it would be better to stick your head out of the blanket, because if your head's out of the blanket, the problem over here is you're not allowed to pray, say Hashem's name while your eyes can see your private parts. He's not wearing clothes. So if his head's out, beautiful, but it's too cold. So what does he do? Leave it in, just... under the blanket. He's under the blanket, he can't take it out. So what does he do? He could just push the blanket close to his chest so he can't see his privates, and then it's okay. Okay? Some say you should wrap it on your heart. Either you do it on your neck, or you do it on your heart. The Tanakama says, why does Tanakama say your neck? According to Tarakama, how does he say your neck? It's not just a problem if you see your not just a problem if you see your erva. It's also a problem if your heart sees your erva, and your heart. If you do it by your neck, it's like it's like wearing a a, a, a cape, right? Guys wearing a cape. Since your heart is seeing your your privates, it's a problem. Tanakama disagrees. Tanakama holds that you, your heart, it's all about your eyes. So the between Tanakama and the second rabbi is, do, is it a problem only if your eyes see your heart, or do both things not have to see? No, I'm sorry. Is it a problem if your eyes see your erva, or is it a problem if your eyes and heart are both a problem? Okay. So all the other cases are like Tanakama, no? That he just turns around? I don't know if that's a rule. Turning around fits like both. Oh, good point. That's correct. That's maybe, more maybe for the Hurim. No, there's no blanket. No, the case we seen before, the, 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 the rear ends were touching. Okay, but under the no, blanket. No, but they were under the blanket. blanket above their chart. They, they were worried about the Hurim. Oh, I hear you. So they're sharing one blanket, you say. Oh, yeah. They had a blanket. Yeah. Could be. Maybe there was a blanket in that case. Could be. Okay, could be.
good. Let's go. Um, very good point. Amar Huna, Amar Hayama The guy's walking in a alleyway with number two around. This is a serious item. Okay? What do you do? So we're going to say a very wild statement right now, which is going to be smashed up at the end. If you're walking down a dirty alleyway, cover your mouth, you can cover your mouth and say Kriyat Shema. Amar Aleyar of Chista, Halukim, Im Amrar Rabbi Yochanan B'Bumeh, Lo Tzaytin Aleh. If I heard Rabbi Yochanan say it with his own mouth, I would ignore him. Ikad Amri, there's another version of the same thing. Amar Rabbi Bar Chana, Amar Rabbi Yishu Ben Levi. Okay? Just cover your mouth and do it. Even if he said such a thing. Did Ravuna really say such a thing that you could say it in a Mavot and Tunafot? Since he, since Tamir Haham is always singing Torah, Ravuna once said, and he's not allowed to be in an alleyway where there's a Torah So you're going to tell me he doesn't let you think and let's see catch him out by covering your mouth? How can he say such a thing? When doesn't he let? If you're hanging. But if you're walking through, which the, remember the previous statement was walking through. So walking through, he could let, so it's not a question. So let's say someone works in a, uh, where they, all the waste goes to. Sewer plantation. Sewer plantation. Can't pray while he's there. Can't pray while he's there. Can't think. Or if you, well, if you live right next door, you live in Deal, there's a place on the tracks, automatically smells if you go there. Okay, halakha questions afterwards. <laughs> Says the Gemara, Umi Amar Abiyokhan Hachi, does Abiyokhan learn like this? Says the Gemara, "V'amar Rava Babar Chana, Amar Biochanan, b'chol makom mutar l'arav b'devet Torah, chutz b'beta merchatz b'beta kiseh." I thought he says that you're now you're allowed to have thinking about Torah everywhere besides b'beta kiseh. So you see, and the b'beta kiseh he won't let it. How can you say he let? Because according to the first version, it was Biochanan. According to the second version, it was Shulban Levi. According to the first version, it was Biochanan. How can Biochanan say such thing? He doesn't let you have thinking about Torah during that time. It's around the other way around. He allows you only everywhere else except for these two places. So if you're in a dirty alleyway, what's the problem? No problem. Dirty alleyway. Betik is saying dirty alleyway. We're assuming it's the same thing. What's the difference? Dirty alleyway is the alleyway with number two around. Okay. In the old days, before you had plumbing, there no, was dirty alleyways all the place. The Makom. The Makom, right. Okay. Vichite. Okay, you want to say it's worse. Okay. Vichite mahachinami kan beomed kan malech. Maybe answer the same thing. One's talking about standing, and one's talking about walking. Oh, it can't be any. It's not true. One time Rabbi Hu was walking behind Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Hu was saying, When they got to a filthy alley, he was quiet. When he finished, he asked Rabbi where should I go back to? When I got back out of the alley, where should I go back to? He told him, if you waited the amount of time to finish the whole thing, 
Chosedosh, you go back to the beginning. Now, you see that Rabbi Yochanan sounds like he agrees with the idea, because even though he didn't tell him, why'd you stop? He told him, oh, if you stop like this, then you stop like this. So it sounds like he agrees with stopping. So how can you tell me that, no, you wanted to get answer and say that Rabbi Yochanan allows walking. Rabbi, who was walking? And still Rabbi Yochanan agreed with him. Didn't disagree, yeah. Right. Didn't disagree. And no. I hold it's okay because you're walking. According to you, you hold that you have to stop. He's just telling him, we could answer that really Rehokim does not hold that. You're walking is a problem. And the reason why you answered him such was only according to your reasoning. I hold that while you're walking, it's still okay. You could continue talking. But hey, listen, if you want to hold like that, then if you stop this long, then you have a problem. If not, not. Okay. <clears throat> I think we're going to stop here. Just two dots, a couple lines. Oh, go, go, go get the two dots. Okay, says the Gemara. Tanya of Huna. We have a bright like of Huna. That's Asur. Tanya Kavitev of Bright like of Chista. Good. Tanya Kavitev of Huna. We have bright like of Huna. It says, Hamalech Mvotatunavot. If you're walking in a dirty alley, Maniachidol people quick at Shema. Tanya Kavitev of Chista. Bright like of Chista. It says, Hamalech Mvotatunavot. Loik at Shema. Lord. If you were walking and you came through it, posek, you stop. So, right, they're going both ways. Lo pasak, my. What happens if you didn't, you didn't stop? Amar of Miyasha, Birabre, Dirab Yeshua ben Levi. If you don't stop, you know what happens? Laws they can live by. Rabasi Omer, Hayu Moshe Ha'avon, Bechavle Ashav. They pull sins on, themse- on themselves with cords of nonsense. Rav Adabar Ava Ama Mahacha, Ki Divar Hashem Baza. You're embarrassing the word of Hashem by saying it there. The Imposek, and if it's that you stop in the middle, Maschero, what, what do you get? Amar Abeb, who? With this, you'll have long life. Amen. Amen. One need a review. Okay. Are we ready? Long bottle here. Okay. We started off with asking where you could put tefillin. We had five different opinions of where you could put the tefillin. Then we asked. Uh, we had the story of the rabbi who sent the student to get his tefillin to show him where he put the tefillin. Then we asked a question about the machlok between Ra, Ra, Shmuel and Rav Yosef, with Shmuel saying that your wife and someone else is okay, and Rav Yosef saying only your wife because it's talking for, right? Um, tried to disprove it. We tried to disprove uh, Shmuel, and we said the same problem according to Rav Yosef. Then we had machloket, uh, what it meant to turn your face. Uh, were agavoda a problem? We had a machloket about whether agavoda are a problem or they're really not, not, not necessarily. Um, then we had a problem, we had a thing about your children, what age your children are okay. Machloket, whether it's three. 12 or 3 for girls, 11 or 3 or 12, 12 or 9. 
for boys. And then we asked the question about hair that comes out of the begot. They said that's not a problem. We had all different things by a woman. Se'ad is an edva. Kol is an edva. We spoke about the kumaz and the proof from the kumaz. Right? And then we said different ways to hang your tefillin. When machloket, what we were talking about was it hanging from the from the from the ritzuot or hang it from the bag, right? The ritzuot is for sure not allowed. Maybe it's okay from the batim or it's okay for the bag. Two ways. Then we had a story about Rebbe. All the different things Rebbe did while he was praying. We asked how could he do it? How could he do all these things? Right. And we said that some things are asur, some things are okay. And we answered all the questions. Some, uh, someone, when, some of them were natural. when you were natural. Some of them when you have no other choice. Okay, good. And then we said spitting. We spoke about spitting. How spitting behind you is is okay if you're only if you're a stanis. Good. We spoke about talking out loud. It's okay if you praying out loud. If you can't have kavana, is okay. And then we said had a rule about how to pass gas while you're praying. Uh, after, only be by yourself. You said with the, with out loud. Out loud is okay. Only be by yourself. Correct. Yes. Then we said uh, how to how to say shema if you're naked under the blanket. Two ways to do it. Then we spoke about the We spoke about the dirty alleyways and different uh, opinions. How can how can he say that? He did say he didn't say it. What halacha is? And we ended up saying that you really can't say anything in the dirty alleyways, even if you're walking. Some members said walking is okay. We ended up even if you're walking is a problem. Sure. And we ended up with a positive note. We ended up that a person who avoids saying it has long life. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Amen. Amen.